one of the things that I really was hoping for tonight is that we would be able to spend some time worshiping together. That, that we could come together as a community and start off 2019 uh, in worship. And so I'm just so excited about uh, the next set that we're going to go into. And so I just hope that this time really encourages you. Um, one of the things that we believe at Elam, and it says right in our covenant, that we will celebrate together. And so I'm just, I want to take the first little bit here, and I just want us to celebrate really quickly some big milestones. Most of you know that my wife Morgan, uh, on Boxing Day, brought us our newest daughter, Emerson Rue. And we're just so excited. Um, she's super cute. She's just like her mom. Uh, Morgan couldn't be here tonight for obvious reasons. And we're just, we're loving life as a little family that's growing, and we're just so blessed and, and thankful. But we're not the only ones that had a baby. Uh, our other, some of other of our lead team members, Tyler and Alicia, had uh, baby Araya Jane. Aria? Araya? I think it's Araya. I haven't confirmed how to say that yet. And Alicia would say it way cooler anyway. Um, so we can be thinking about them too as they're at home. I don't know, I can't remember the exact day, but it was January, do we know? third? January 3rd. So it's so exciting. Our two daughters are going to be best friends, we've decided. Um, but that's not the only thing that's exciting. We actually have four new engagements at YA. So you know what? If you come here for Jesus, that's the number one thing. But if you come here to get engaged, we've got a pretty good track record. So the very first one is Michaela Kitchen and Colin I can't remember his last name. Are you guys here tonight? Right there. Congratulations, you guys. Stand up for a second. Just stand up for a second. I'm going to make it awkward for all the, the engaged couples tonight. There they are. Congratulations. Um, next. Daniela and Ethan. So Ethan's up in the soundboard. He, he texted me, and he's like, dude, you forgot to add me to the list, but that's okay. I don't want to be put on the list. So then I ran quick, quick like a bunny and added him to it because I felt so bad. But Daniela and Ethan are getting married. I, I, is Daniela here? No. <laughs> He's solo. Can we just, can we give them a quick hand too? That's so exciting. Uh, this next one I'm pretty excited about. Loren and Drew. Our very own Loren Grieve and Drew Harder are engaged. Loren, stand up. There she is. Drew's holding down the fort down at Briarcrest. I'm so excited for them. Um, next, Brittany and Greg. Brittany and Greg, are you here tonight? Oh, skippers. We'll have to text them. But Brittany and Greg are fairly new to our community, and they just got engaged on Christmas Day. So let's hear it for them. So yeah, it's pretty exciting around here. Um, you know, and what I think is so amazing about this community is that when people get married, they tend to stick around. You know, uh, we have so many great examples of that. And I, I don't want to start naming names because I don't want to forget somebody and then they think that they're not good enough to make the list. But I love that we're a community that strives to be growing, generous, and grace-filled. And we do that in different stages of life. Whether you're just entering college or, you know, maybe you've graduated and now you're getting married or you're starting to have babies. This is a place where we can be ourselves and we can uh, love God together and we can encourage one another. So I think that's a really exciting thing. One more thing I wanted to announce before I get in any further is, so Scott Poyer, our worship, one of our worship leaders tonight, how amazing is he, right? He was the guy playing guitar right here. 
Scott is actually going to be our intern. He's interning with Elam Church and Young Adults starting in March. So stand up, Scott. Let's give him some love tonight. So Scott's going to be with us for five months. Two months of uh, will be halftime and then three months of full-time. So we're going to just abuse him, and I'm really looking forward to that. Loren has tons of lists compiled of all the things she's going to make him do. No, I'm really excited. But I think, I, and just to get serious for a second, though, Scott, uh, you know, I've gotten a chance to know Scott over the last few months and just see a heart in him that loves God and, and has a desire to see the church thrive and see young people um, just come to know Jesus and love him more through worship and teaching and, and just community. And so it was, it was a bit of a fight to get him to come to Elam, and I'm so glad that, that I won. And here he is coming. So that's, I'm, I'm just, I'm really thrilled. But anyways, I wanted to just take a few minutes tonight and I wanted to talk about the new year. We can get rid of, oh, they're just on the back wall. Brittany and Greg are still back there. So I thought they were still up here. Um, I just wanted to take a couple minutes tonight and I, and I wanted to share kind of the direction I think our eyes should be gazing in the new year. And, and it's, it's really no surprise that 2018 maybe was a bit of a tough year for you. You know, so here we are, we're standing on, you know, day eight of January of 2019, and we just get so excited about all the potential and all the things that are coming up. But I wanted to reflect back a little bit on 2018 so that we can look forward to 2019. And I have this sense that there are people in this room that are really, really happy 2018 is done. And... And that could be for a number of reasons. I mean, maybe tonight you're feeling like 2018 was hard. Maybe you feel exhausted. You feel tired. And maybe it's an emotional tired or it's a physical tired. Or, or maybe it's a spiritual tired. Maybe it's been hard. You know, maybe you've had situations that come up in your life that have beaten you down. Maybe you've made choices in 2018 that, that you just don't think that you can shake. D decisions that have caused you pain. Maybe somebody else's decisions have caused you pain. But 2018 is in your mirror as you drive away from it, and you're thinking, I'm just glad to see it gone. But as I got into my truck the other day, and I looked into my mirror, I was kind of, I was kind of thinking about what, what I was going to share tonight, I noticed those little words on the passenger side mirror. Do you, you remember what they say? They say, objects in mirror may appear clo or are closer than they appear. And so if you know anything about backing up, here is anyone here actually backed into something before? Be honest. Yeah, there's like 67 people that are lying tonight. But anyways. Um, but the whole idea is that that mirror on the passenger side of your vehicle, it makes things seem further away than they are. That's why often we back into stuff. And so as I was thinking about this, it, it made me realize that 2018 is kind of like that. We're looking in our mirror, and we're excited that it's kind of behind us. We're looking forward to 2019, and we're just kind of just ripping down the road, not thinking about much. But I want you to hear tonight that 2018 is actually closer than you think. Does anyone remember Garmin GPSs before we had Google Maps on our phones and stuff? So I used to have a Garmin GPS in my vehicle, and as you would drive, it would leave this little blue line behind you. And everywhere you went, that little blue line would stay there. Now, I discovered that after 2,500 kilometers, that blue line was no longer there. It would kind of catch up to you. 
But the point is, is that that blue line followed you for a really, really, really long time. And I want you to hear tonight that 2018 is kind of like that. 2018 is, it's, it's going to follow you. And, and you don't really have a choice. You can't outrun what happened in 2018 as much as you want to. The decisions that you made are going to catch up to you. Maybe they already have. And no matter how desperately you want to get away from them, and, no, and it doesn't matter how desperately you want to get as far away from the decisions or, or the circumstances or the things that have happened in 2018, I'm unfortunately telling you a truth tonight that they're going to stay with you. And, but there's hope. And there's hope in the fact that, that you can either have 2018 define you as you go into 2019, or you can have 2018 refine you as you go into 2019. And so tonight I want you to hear that in times in our life when it's dark, we can choose to submit to the darkness and stumble around, or we can turn on a light. You know, you can choose to be thirsty in the hot summer sun, or you can choose to go get a glass of water. In the same way, you can choose to let 2018 define who you're going to be in 2019. You can choose to be the person that was last year. You can choose to make the choices that you made last year. You can put on your sad hat and go, you know what, 2019 is not going to be any different because of 2018. You can allow last year to define who you're going to be this year. Or, or you can choose to allow 2018 to refine you. And we see in Scripture that refinement is actually, it's a really nasty process. It's something that hurts. And I can tell you from personal experience that, that I've made choices and, and I've been in circumstances and I've been in seasons of my life where, where things have happened to me that I've allowed them to refine me and it really, really hurts. Because the process of refinement is this process of breaking down and shedding away all the unnecessary so you get something pure. And we see it in, in the Bible, it talks about refiner's fire and gold. And this imagery that, that when you take gold, it doesn't come out of the ground as this beautiful uh, engagement ring-like material. It comes out of the ground black and dirty and ugly. But yet through a process of refinement, a process of blasting the ground with dynamite, excavating it with machinery, putting it on trucks, taking it to smelters, putting it through incredibly hot temperatures, melting it down, and then refining it over and over again to get the most pure grade possible so that Loren can have a ring. You know, but it's a process. And I think so often in our Christian life, we, we mistake that the path and the person of Jesus are two separate things. We assume that the path is to Jesus. When in reality, we have to start understanding that the path is Jesus. That God walks with us as we go. And so this process of refinement is really ugly, and it's a really harsh thing, but it's really necessary if you want to grow. If you want to know who Christ is, if we want to know who Christ is and we want to be like him, we have to be okay with this, this season and this process of refinement. You see, the easy way out is to define yourself as something. I call it the label maker Christian. Now I have a label maker and I really enjoy labeling things. 
But it's much easier to just label what something is than to change it into something that you want it to be. And so as we stand on the brink of 2019, I want to point our gaze to this truth that if we want what happened last year to inform us so that we can become more like Christ and we can become better people that pursue more actively the promises of God, that we need to engage with some tough stuff. And I, and I found this truth in 1 John uh, chapter 3, verses, verse 2. And I, and I want to share it with you quickly. John's writing here, and he says, Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, Jesus, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And there's a couple of things that really stand out for me about this scripture. The first is we don't know what we're going to be. You see, we live in an age, in a, in a time, where knowing where you're going is really important. I mean, there are a few people in this room that would be completely fine with just getting on an airplane, having no idea where it's going, and just trusting the pilot to take you somewhere where you, you might want to go. But I'm guessing there's actually a much larger group of us that would find that extraordinarily uncomfortable. You know, if I'm going to pay money for a ticket, I, I want to know where I'm going. I want to know what town I'm going to land in. I want to know what sports team I get to cheer for. But unfortunately, life really isn't like that. And I mean, I'm sure many of you can remember being in, in, in school, like elementary and high school, and people would ask us, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, I can tell you, I, I, I'm grown up, and I, I don't know. And I mean, some of you have a really great uh, trajectory laid out. You've got dream boards. You've got Pinterest pages that are dedicated to all the things you want to be. You know, you've got a very clear path from where you're at right now to, to who you want to be. But let me just tell you something. That when you reach that place, you will not be satisfied for very long. See, goal setting is important. It helps us function as human beings in the world, and we have to do that. But I want you to hear tonight that there's actually something more important. The scripture tells us, John says, what we will be has not yet been made known. We don't know what we're going to be. I can guarantee you that, that if you took the time to, to begin to uh, interview people as they were on their deathbeds, old or young, Every single one of them would tell you this isn't how they thought it would end. I've sat with people as they've taken their last breath. I've held their hands and I've prayed with them as a pastor. And I can tell you that each and every one of them reflects back on their life with amazement at how it turned out. Maybe they thought they were going to be single forever and then they ended up getting married at a late age. Or, or, or maybe they thought they were going to be married and they never were. Maybe they thought that they were going to be an engineer for all their days, but all of a sudden they ended up in Bolivia uh, taking care of people. I mean, the stories are absolutely endless of people that had a plan and it changed drastically. And I think that's what John's trying to say here. He's trying to say, you don't know what you're going to be. I don't know what I'm going to be. But I know what I am. 
And he says it right there. He says, dear friends. And, and, and I, friends kind of sounds a little bit trite. But this is a man who is writing to a people that he cares about. And he, it, this is an enduring term. He says, dear friends, now we are children of God. See, what John does here is he frames this idea that we don't know who we are yet. And we won't know who we're going to be with two incredible truths. The first is that we are children of God. And that's the first thing that you need to understand as we go into 2019. You are a child of God. And I can tell you that one thing that I've learned about being a dad is that I love my little girls more than I could ever explain. I, I, never could, I, I could never really wrap my mind around how much a parent loves their kid. You know, it, you cannot really understand how much your parents love you. But as I look at those little girls, I, I, I just am smitten by them. Yes, they're bad. Yes, my two weeks, she's not even two weeks old yet, she screams. Last night we were up to like four o'clock in the morning and she was just howling. If Morgan watches this tape, she's going to say she was up till four in the morning, which is probably more accurate. But I was like spiritually there. You know, and my two-year-old, she, she tests us. But there's this undergirding love that I cannot explain. And I say all that to let you know that when the Bible talks about the fact that you are a child of God, I believe that God is communicating to his people in the most real way possible. I think sometimes people get a little confused as to why God revealed himself as the Father in the Old Testament and Jesus as the Son. But I think it's because that's one of the most real loves there is. Now, I think there's other types of loves that are, are maybe just as equal, and I just haven't experienced them yet. But I can tell you that, that when, when I look at the Scripture now and I see we are children of God, it's such a stark reality that John is trying to get across, and I want you to hear tonight as you enter 2019 that you are a child of God. Let that be the thing that defines you in 2019. Let the actions and the circumstances and the choices that you made in 2018 refine you, but let the fact that you are a child of God define you tonight. And the second truth that John kind of sandwiches here in this short verse is that we will be like Christ. He says here at the end, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. It's not a, hey, when Jesus shows up, maybe I'm going to be kind of like him because I've been working real hard on this Christian thing. He says that you, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. When Jesus stands in front of us in all his splendor, we will look exactly like him, because that is who we were made in the image of. And that is an incredible thing. Now that verse alone stands completely. We could, we could walk away tonight, continue on with our worship, and not think anything else. But there's something that comes right on the tail end of verse 2 that I want you to hear. John writes this, Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. You see, because it wasn't enough for John just to tell you that you are enough. Max Lucado says it so well in a book from years ago. He says that, that God loves you just the way you are, but he refuses to leave you that way. He wants you to be just like Jesus. And so when we look at ourselves, we, we see these, this twofold truth, that we are children of God, 
And one day, we will look exactly like him. But there's this dash between the time we were born and the time that we die. And that dash means a lot. It means a lot because what we do here has eternal ramifications. The choices that we make today matter in the long run. It's really easy to think about the fact that if you just take one drop out of a bucket, it doesn't do a whole lot. But as you continue to take drops out of that bucket, as it continues to leak out, eventually you find yourselves with a very dry bucket. And I think that's sometimes how life works. I think sometimes we, we, we see a little leak and we go, it's okay. I'll just put a little duct tape on it. Stop leaking right now. It's going to be all right. And we walk away. And that duct tape gets wet and it starts leaking and we start leaking again. And it's this process of we just slowly lose ourselves. It's like the erosion of a riverbank. The Grand Canyon started very small. And so the point here is that John wants us to know that although we are children of God, and although that one day we will look just like him, that there is a time between now and then, and our choices matter. Because as we purify ourselves, we become more like Christ. Now, it's a bit of a balancing act. And I get that it's, it's, it's kind of hard to understand. But I'm reminded of the word identity. Identity is used in Christian circles a lot. Our identity is not our own, but we are of Christ. You know, we put it on bumper stickers. We put it on T-shirts. Bands call themselves that. Conferences call themselves that. I hosted a conference that we called Identity. So I'm guilty. But identity, I was recently reading, comes from a Latin, two Latin words that literally mean repeated beingness. Identity literally means, when it was first introduced as, a, as an idea, that your being is based on what you do repeatedly. And that's an amazing thing to to begin to unpack, and I, I think you can probably know where I'm going because you've heard pastors preach before probably, and you know what I'm going to say. But the choices that you make today matter. The choices that I make today matter. The way that you treat people, the way that you conduct yourself online when no one's watching, the things that you do behind closed doors, the things that you do on stage, the things that you do to those that you love and those that you don't love, they matter. Because this idea of our identity as we're seeking out to be more like Christ, it really comes down to what we repeatedly do. And so tonight, the worship team's going to come back up. And they're going to lead us in a, just a continued time of worship. And, and we're going to spend some more time here tonight. And I invite you to to stand or to sit, if you want to go kind of to the sides or, or kneel at the front, this is a place of freedom. This is a place where you can come and you can worship. Because tonight, I, I want us to realize that as we go into 2019, we have a choice. And I want to ask you a question tonight. 
What if we began to make decisions, big or small, that moved us towards Christ? And I think that that question matters as we begin to understand that the path is not to Jesus. The path is with Jesus. He walks with us. It's a confusing thing. And it's easy to stand on the brink of this new year and hope that things are going to be better. But tonight, if, if you make a commitment, if you make a commitment to follow Christ, and you make a commitment to walk with Him, I can promise you that the things that happened in 2018 will refine you instead of define you. And tonight, I want to encourage you to, to get after 2019. Don't be a passive taker in her of what this year has. Get after it. Because Christ wants to know you. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for me. Make 2019 a year where you begin to make choices that will refine you to be more like your Savior. And tonight, if you're here, and, and maybe this is new to you, or maybe, or maybe it's been a while since you've made a commitment to begin to choose the path of light and life, then I'm going to be right up at the front. And after the next song, we're going to invite the prayer team to come up. And we would love an opportunity just to pray with you tonight. But this next song is called God of the Promise. And I was listening to it recently, and I texted Scott right after my episode, and I, I said, hey man, can you please do God of the Promise for our worship night? And he said, yes sir. Something like that. Yes, pastor. <laughs> but the song just talks about this idea that, that we serve a God of the Promise. That He has made promises. You see, the Scripture, this Bible, is full of amazing Stories of how God has provided for, shown up for, changed people who were way worse and way better than me. Everyone in between. Yet we serve a God who will bring everything to accomplishment that He has set forth. And in this book, He promises to give life and give life abundantly, to fix brokenness, to heal scars, to change trajectories, to move you closer to the man or to the woman that he has planned for you to be. It's easy in the midst of our planning to forget that God already had a plan for you. I know I've done that. I've mapped out my whole life. I had a story. I had a story written down. And I was living it out. And then something changed. And then something changed again. 
And then it continued to change. And it wasn't until I submitted myself to what God was doing that I began to feel peace in my life. I began to feel like, like maybe he actually was in control. And maybe I wasn't. And so tonight as we sing this song, I want you to hear the promise that every word that God has spoken over your life, whether you know it or not, will be accomplished. And he is working on a canvas bigger than you could ever imagine. So in 2019, get after it, but also relax a little bit. You don't have to do it all. Let's worship together tonight.